0: following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys?
1: This This is the Players' players Lounge, Lounge. broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Newey Scruggs.
0: All right, everybody, it is Friday. It is game week. We've got Cowboys and Rams on NBC5 Sunday Night Football to start the season. All right, let's bring in the stars of the show, Danny McRae and Barry Church, to quote Jason Garrett. How we doing, guys? (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's friday baby it's friday you know uh we know we still got people trying to figure out this 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 technology that we're working
3: with over here at the cowboys but other than that you know we 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 flying high we
2: good we ready for sunday
3: hey we we good over here we good over here man and the wise words of jason garrett man one day at a time one play at a time (laughs) let's go (laughs)
0: <laughs> the Cowboys are three-point favorites against the Rams. And, and I'm going to start off with this because this is fresh, okay, because C.D. Lamb has just spoke to the media, and C.D. Lamb says he expects Jalen Ramsey to travel with Amari Cooper throughout the football game here. So let's revisit what we spoke about yesterday here, and I'm going to start with 2 Barry church. Okay. Should Dak Prescott avoid throwing to Amari Cooper since Jalen Ramsey, who you you say is one of the top two corners in the league on Sunday?
3: Oh, I mean, it, it, you know, I say it a lot of people say it. He's definitely one of the, the top two corners in the country, and he's not number two. But um, back, to, back to the point here, if, if I'm Dak Prescott, and we talked about this yesterday, if I'm Dak Prescott and I'm looking out there and I'm seeing what I got, it's 11 personnel. For those who don't know 11 personnel, that's three wide receivers, one tight end. And I'm looking over there and I see 20 traveling with 19 everywhere he goes. Even when I'm sending him in motion across the, the field, anywhere he goes, field boundary. If he's sitting over there with him, I'm licking my chops on the other direction. Because like you said, you got Troy Hill over there who has five total starts. Yes, he has experience at nickel, but if they have him on the outside, that's a totally different world than a nickel. So I'm licking my chops at that. You got Blake Jarwin matched up against a linebacking core that's kind of hurt right now. So we got to see who they play at the linebacking core, And then they do have good safeties back there in Rupp and Johnson but I don't know if they can hang with the skill set of Blake Jarwin we'll see what he can do out there but if I'm Dak Prescott I'm licking my chops at all these other mismatches that they have out there and yeah you know Amari Cooper he might get thrown to maybe once or twice but I'm forcing nothing his way with 20 on him so I agree with you church so,
2: so you're so you're not. So you are avoiding him or you're not. I'm, I'm just want to make sure I'm clear on
3: what I'm avoiding him. I'm avoiding. Clue. I mean, I might give him just just so he, you know, I might give him one or two shots just, you know, so I don't have to hear him complain <laughs> about it. But I'm avoiding 20 at all at all this, costs.
2: I think I think this is absolutely crazy. I'm never going to change my mind on this because, one, I'm going to go back to this. You paid the man a hundred million dollars. That, that's top down. All right. So the ownership paid him and they expect him to uh, to produce results. Two, you got this guy lining up out there, and you will tell me that <laughs> he believes that his quarterback has such little confidence in him when uh, he's going against uh, top uh, quarterbacks that he will not get a ball thrown to him for the entire game because uh, Jalen Rapids is going to be following him. I think that is total – that is horrible. That's a horrible way to go into the game, and if they do that, then they should think about – traded Amari Cooper to somebody else if <laughs> you're paying a man hundred million dollars <laughs> and you're just not going to throw the ball to him because cause you don't believe that he can beat the guy that's across from him and that is horrible. hundred million dollars you should beat anybody that's across from you or least they should have the confidence in you to do that
3: I, I understand where you're coming from to this but to me it's more about not, you know, in fear of Jalen Ramsey or the matchup with Amari Cooper. It's just what you have on the other side is just, to me, it's more bountiful. I mean, you got Gallup, you got CeeDee Lamb, who, who we've yet to see play a game in the NFL. But, I mean, the guy in college is unbelievable. <laughs> exactly. So I, 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 think he, I think he'll be able to transfer well to the NFL. But you got Gallup over there. You got CeeDee Lamb. You got Jarwin. All the mismatches. So if I'm, if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm not forcing anything over to Cooper. I just see over here. I got so many mismatches. Why don't I let them feast but for I, this first game? That's all I'm but saying.
2: But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying force it. I'm, I'm, that's what Nui asked. Avoid and force. That's two different things, alright If you, if you, if, if it's open, right? And, and he's the number one read on something. Look at him first, and then go on to your second read. If he's not open, I knew he's asking. Should you avoid him? Like if he's the number one read on that, and then you see Jalen uh, Ramsey following him. Don't even go to your number one read. Just go to two, three, and four. And <laughs> I, I think that is. I think that's horrible. Horrible. I think that's horrible. I think that's horrible going into the season. And that's a horrible outlook for Amari Cooper to believe that his quarterback and coaching staff would want the quarterback to do that. I think that is just a bad way to start the season. You're do wrong. You feel that's this coaching okay. staff. Oh, go, your... go ahead, no,
3: Go ahead.
0: No, I, I just th- I just think I think Danny's wrong because I I, I am of the belief, and in, in Barry, you know it because you've seen it with your own two eyes because you play with Jalen Rams. You know what? Hey, True. fine. You can run out here and be a decoy. I'm going to say, hey, you guys have fun trying to beat Michael Gallup. Let me throw Blake, uh, Blake Jarwin down a scene. Let's see how you beat that. Throw Zeke out of some coverage and see if some linebackers can pick up with him. I've got enough weapons here that I'm going to sit up here and play chess. You want to move here? Fine. I'm going over here. I'm making moves over there because I like the matchups the Cowboys can, can have with their own. <laughs> other players that I could just sit up here and tell, hey, Coop, guess what? Get him next week, baby. Get him next week. That, that, yeah, see, and and, and, and that sounds
2: good from us sitting on the side. In the locker room, let me tell you something. If that's the way that you are perceived as a player, that is not good for you and that is not good for the team. I, no matter what y'all say, if, if, if that happens and, and the look is, man, look, he got uh, Jalen Ramsey on him, we not throwing the ball to him. And this is our top guy, all right? We just not throwing it to him because we don't believe that he going to be able to get open, Ever. That is that's a that's a horrible way to look. Nobody said you should not throw it to uh, to Gallup and you shouldn't try CD Lamb and you shouldn't try Jarwin. But when Amari Cooper's number is called, you should throw it to him and give him the opportunity to make a play. That's why you pay him, oh, no matter okay. who's guarding him. Oh,
0: let let let's go. Let's let's take this a step further. Since we've got we've got. Three, we've got three people here with different issues on this. At least two of us have the same issue. So, give me a expected stat line for Amari Cooper against the Rams, right here on the PlayersLoungeHotels on hotels.com. Danny McCray, give me a stat line for Amari Cooper that I, you would say so, so, this is what I expect. So,
2: so listen, I I, I wouldn't go as as far to say because my argument is you should still give him a chance. He should get eight to nine targets. You know, he, he should targets. he should not leave the game. Eight he to should nine not lead targets. The game. He should not leave the game with only being uh, thrown to two times in the season opener. That would be horrible. I'm basing it off how many times Dak Prescott, based on this conversation, how many times Dak Prescott looked into number 19's way, how many times Kellen Moore called up a play for number 19 to get going in the football game. So if, if it's eight to nine targets, I'm all right with that. If, if he just doesn't produce, he doesn't produce. But you went to your number one guy and you gave him an opportunity to make plays and he just didn't come up with it. And then you moved on to the next guy. But if you, if you, if you come out and you say, man, they only threw the ball to Amari Cooper twice, I think that is horrible. That's a horrible outlook for the, for the season.
0: All right. So if he's he, got eight to nine targets for Cooper. How many, what do you have in terms of targets? What do you, you roll with?
3: For me, uh, targets at the very maximum I'm thinking 5 to 6 targets, but I think he'll get I think he'll get I think he'll get about 4 catches for 40 to 50 yards in there. And I think that'd be a so successful he, night going going against, going against Ramsey. I think that'd be successful. So four four catches So he's going to catch 4
2: out of 5. So he's going to catch 4 out of 5 passes and that's all that going throw to him. <laughs> Come on. If he gets that You you, you said he should get a five max targets He should get a five max targets He's going to end up catching four of them for 60 yards
0: (laughs) And then that going to stop throwing to him? Look, I'm with him all the way. I'm with him all the way on this. I'm telling you right now, Church, you're right. Don't let him move you off this now. Stay strong with me in here, Church. Stay strong with me, okay? Right. He caught you. We, we church said he maybe, caught maybe five, he... no more than six, no more than six targets, okay? That's, and that's gonna be a lot. So, come, Church, we come, Church, we right here because this is gonna be a bit. First time gonna on, be a big man. game for some other players, okay? You, so you, I, I, this is crazy. You said. I mean, all
2: you
3: gotta do is say the word. That's all you gotta do.
2: The state is gonna catch. He's gonna catch eighty percent of the balls thrown his way, and then Dak's gonna go the other way and not throw to him anymore. I think that stat is outrageous. But if it happens, it happens. I, I, I just don't see it. I see eight to nine targets. I, I'm not saying he's gonna catch eight to nine. I'm saying he's gonna get the ball thrown to him eight to nine times.
0: And we're saying he's gonna get the ball five to six times. That's all. That's all. We're okay. That's,
2: uh, listen. Listen. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. And when we get there on Monday, we'll discuss this.
0: Okay, that, that's fine. I wrote it down. I wrote it down.
2: Oh, the, listen, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll say I'm wrong. I'll say I'm wrong. The only way he doesn't get that many targets is when he don't play or if he get hurt after the first snap. Other than that, he's getting eight to nine
0: targets. Okay, this is we good. We shall this, see. This is what. We'll this see. is why we do the players lounge here. We we mm-hmm. have disagreements for this game right so already right out the gate mm-hmm. I've got an ability to sit up here and look at this. Now now church, let's also make sure we let all of the cowboy fans know that there's bias in what is coming from Danny McCray on this because Danny McCray has Amari Cooper on his fantasy football team. <laughs> this is uh,
3: this is very true. Mm. All right. Cowboys Nation Cowboys Nation this
0: hmm. is to really be
3: true. Danny McCray has Amari Cooper on his fantasy and he is vying. He's vying for a valuable game from Amari Cooper. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> this is, and this, this is, is getting into this argument. It's all about fantasy. Now we know. Now we know. Listen, we
2: know. Let, let, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. <laughs> I am not banking on Amari Cooper having a touchdown or 100 yards in this game. I'm specifically talking about targets. For me, I believe in fantasy football, this is going to be a rough week for me because Amari Cooper is going against Jalen Ramsey and uh, Leonard Fournette just got uh, on a new team. So I already expect it to be rough. But as far as targets and, and them showing confidence in their $100 million man, I believe they are going to stick to that and give him the opportunity to make plays no matter who's guarding him. That They, they would show him as being Ooh. a scared football player if, if, if they just automatically went into the game and decided that Jalen Ramsey is going to eliminate him from the game plan. That is, that is it's not good.
0: Okay. Uh, I want everybody to have our Twitter handles and, and social media handles so <laughs> they can go ahead and, and follow us throughout the game about this debate that we're having here. All right. Uh, Church, tell everybody where they can find you at on social media.
3: On both Instagram and Twitter. It's at uh, barrychurch 42.
2: All right, yeah, then. man, and, and listen, after Omar gets his eighth target, y'all go ahead and tweet me at, <laughs> at DannyDMAC44 on Twitter or find me on Instagram at Danny uh, underscore McCray40. Just just let me know. Tag Newey, tag Church, and let them know that they're wrong, all right? <laughs> all
0: right, you, you find me on uh, Twitter at Nui Scruggs. It's N-E-W-Y-S-C-R-U-G-G-S. It's N-E-W-Y-S-C-R-U-G-G-S. So to recap our debate right here. Um church and I believe that because Jalen Ramsey's expected to travel with Amari Cooper, CD Lamb said this to the media on Friday afternoon, that we believe they're probably not going to throw the ball very much to Cooper. But I say stay away from. Him. So we're saying five to six targets for Amari Cooper. We got Danny, who's got Amari. Who no, 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 no. saying that they're going to give him <laughs> eight to nine targets, okay? So this is our debate right here, okay? This is our debate. New-y. And that's we're going. what we're doing. What? What? Why are you trying to change it? Nui. right now. Nui, I'm
2: not trying to change it. Let me tell you something. You, you, you changing it. Church said a max of five. So what did we get five to six? I just I just want to make sure that we're on the same page here with this with this.
3: I, did uh, with say, this I, said, I said five I said five at the most six. I did say that. We <laughs> uh, you no, said okay. I said well, six like uh, <laughs> Yeah, just this like this you
0: is said true. Eight to this nine. is true. So, so he followed yeah, I, you I, follow what you said. Mm. I said first of all, I, no 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 no
2: no no. I said at least so he's going over eight to nine. All right. He's going over that. He him going he's over at least about a targets. The, uh, the least amount of targets he gonna get this game.
3: So tell tell the fans how many catches and how many yards this man's gonna get this game. No, no, this no, I,
2: no. I, I can't I can't say that because a zero sum game. He's gonna win some. He's gonna lose some. I can't predict that. I can only predict the game plan that they are going in with. And Amari Cooper is going to go to his number one guy. That's how you build confidence in your receivers, and that's how that's how you make that connection. They they're going to do that in week one. And five and five targets is not gonna get it done. Let me. You
3: do realize it's an away game, though, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let
2: me recap that. (laughs) Okay,
0: Danny says Cooper will have eight to nine targets. Minimum. We we, minimum. We Church and I are saying he will have five to six targets. That's where we're saying at. Okay. All right. You good? So we're saying six or less. Okay. Is that good with you, Danny? We're saying six or less. If you want to stretch it
2: out, that's fine. If you want to stretch it okay. out, that's fine. Go ahead and get yourself an extra get your extra catch for
0: <laughs> leeway. <laughs> do what you got to do. Extra catch for leeway.
3: That's fine. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, okay, mm, that's mm. fine.
0: This is good. This is good. This is good. So, everybody, you got our you got our Twitter handles and social media handles. So, go ahead, and we go going to stay on this and follow us. All right, we've got to take a break here. All right, we've got to take a break right here on the Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. And when we come back, we want to dive into... Dak Prescott and his message for people out there who are are really dealing with depression, anxiety and the ability to say and raise your hand that I need help. Let's do that next right here on DallasCowboys.com radio.
1: to the Players' Lounge. Your reaction?
0: Uh, I mean, obviously tears and tears and tears, but, I mean, I sat there and tried to, to gather what had happened um, and wanted to ask why for so many reasons, it was like the sense of of all these emotions coming off of my back and, Wiped up my tears probably after crying for 30 minutes with my dad and my, uh, and, and my, my best friends who were all came to you know, con, to console me and to be there. That is Dak Prescott. Dak was on the Graham Benzinger show and that, that whole full show will air Sunday um, in Dallas-Fort Worth on NBC5, right after I do my Sunday show, so that's uh, Graham Benzinger with Dak Prescott. Also, Tad Prescott, Dak's brother, is also on the show. I've already seen the entire episode, and I'm going to tell you right now, that first segment, is it's deep, it's emotional. Uh, when I finished watching it, I I texted Graham, who's a friend of mine, and I said, wow, wow, these two kids, and I'm going to call them kids because I'm a lot older than Tad and, and Dak, and, and I, I just... My my heart went out to them, and Dak Prescott told the media um, the day after because those clips came out, and and the day after Dak had said that that he wanted to be vulnerable and and that you know he felt that was part of being a leader to say yes um, during the COVID nineteen when his brother passed away that he went he he was depressed and he went and he talked to someone about it, and I just felt there was so much courage from Dak Prescott to come out and say that Skip Bayless who uh, does one of those talk shows where they debate and say crazy stuff, criticized Dak Prescott Ford, and he got lit up, and his own company, Fox Sports, came out and said that they disagreed with his opinion. So I wanted to give uh, Danny McCray and Barry Barry Church right here on their show, the Players' Lounge, the ability to go ahead and and say what you had, your feelings are about uh, what Baylor said and also Dak Prescott's message. Uh, Danny, go ahead and start.
2: Uh, so, so to start, I think Skip Bayless's message was total garbage and I was really surprised that Shannon didn't step in and, and, you know, and, and, and kind of go ballistic on him for saying what he said. Um, don't want to focus too much on them. I want to say that I think it was real brave for him to come out and, you know, let everybody know and use his platform to let everybody know that it's okay to feel down and then it's okay to seek help. And I speak, I speak from experience with that one from the standpoint of. My wife is a therapist. Right. So if you ever if you ever if you know her or you see her Instagram or Twitter or anything, she posts about mental health uh, maybe 10 or 15 th- times a day. And she gets a lot of feedback from it, a lot of DMs. So people are really going through this and, and they're starting to, to feel OK with reaching out and getting help. And that is helping these people by expressing his story and letting them know that everybody uh, is going through this or can go through this and nobody is exempt. So get help if you need it. Reach out and don't 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 feel bad about feeling that way.
3: Yeah, that's 100% right. And um, as far as Skip and Shannon's show, I mean, I'm a fan of their show, Undisputed, but the comments he made on there I think were uh, extremely insensitive and just um, weren't right at all. So um, just, you know, had to say that about Skip. But um, for Dak Prescott, I mean, I felt like, he was extremely, extremely brave, and um, showed remarkable leadership in putting himself out there um, for everybody to know that you know he he had he's battling through these things just like everybody else. And um, the most important thing I think he did through um, putting himself out there with, like that was that he gave strength to you know little or kids or you know boys and girls and grown women and men as well who are dealing with you know some type of depression or have gone through similar things that he's gone through that you don't have to do it by yourself Um, there's people that you can talk to to help get your emotions out there if you feel like um, you're, you're more. You, if you feel like you don't really, you know, want to express yourself to everybody, you can see a therapist. You don't have to keep this all bottled in um, within yourself and dealing with it by yourself. And um, I think that was remarkable for what he did with that. And I hope he uh, opened the light um, for a lot of people that they don't have to do this or go through this by themselves.
0: I can't emphasize enough the amount of respect that I have for Dak Prescott and what he's overcome in his life. He grew up in a trailer. His mother, single mom, she was white, three black boys. And in the episode they talk about how uh, there was strife within their family because there were members on his mother's side who did not want to accept those kids uh, because they were black and then that relationship and just how that ended up uh, in in some ways working out and in some ways not working out. But she dies while he's in college. And he talked about how Jace, the the young brother who, who took his life, he, he was there to watch his mom. The other two were gone, so a lot of it came on him. He was a quiet man. He didn't say very much. So Dak loses his mother, he loses his brother. Now you think about this unit, it's four people growing up together, the mom and the three boys. Two of those are gone. Half of them are gone now. It is now just Dak and his brother, Tad. And he spoke about how he wants to get Tad up, up to Dallas-Fort Worth with him. I don't know how anybody can go through those situations and not need to talk to someone. And I find it brave. I have chills as I say this because I have experienced firsthand what happens when someone takes their life, when the police come and knock on your door. It is um, it's serious. And to me, and we're three black men, many times in our community, we we try to tell people to be tough and and, and, and we want people to, Think that, yo, well, you just got to work through it. You know, it's nothing wrong with raising your hand. And Danny, talk about your wife is, is a therapist out there. A lot of black men don't want to come and raise their hand and say, I need help. Also, when it comes to resources, there are a lot of people out there who are black, especially who don't have them black and brown, who don't have the money to go get therapy. I'm lucky enough that I work at a job at NBC5 in Dallas, Fort Worth, where they give us access to counseling. We have that as a free resource. There are a lot of folks who don't. And anybody like Skip Bale is thinking that COVID-19 didn't hit people, um, you don't understand people, man. This, thing, there, this was isolation for a lot of people. And some folks didn't handle it very well. And, and, that, and I shouldn't say handled very well. It was an adjustment that some people had a hard time uh, making. And I know this. The Dallas Cowboys as an organization is a locker room. They're taking care of Dak Prescott, the same way they took care of Michael Galloway his brother took his life two years ago. And I felt like we were, we we're giving Skip Bayless a little too much credit, and we're maybe not focusing enough on the Cowboys and the family unit that they have. I think Dak Prescott is going to be able to come out of this a better man, and I think Dak Prescott knows and feels the respect and love he gets. Charlotte Jones went on social media today and spoke about how brave she thought Dak Prescott was. So there, I, I've said my piece on that. Um, this this, uh, this bothered me, man. It bothered me because um, we should be better people than this. We should be a better country. And as a person in the media, I'm telling you right now, there's a way we have to do our job. You have a platform. Use the platform properly. This is not a proper use of the platform. And I'm ashamed that that is what was put out there by someone, about another human being. We are lucky enough. Okay, we're lucky enough to cover these athletes. This has been a dream of mine and you, along the way, Barry and Danny, you have to make a decision about how you wanna go about doing this job. I have decided that I don't wanna go about doing my job in a fashion where you cut down people like that. The man was being vulnerable. We need to be behind him and say, look, Thank you very much. And thankfully, there's enough people out there in the media and on social media and with the Cowboys family who got Dak Prescott's back because we've got to be better than that. And we have to shut down the people like Skip Bayless. And Fox Sports should be ashamed that they didn't suspend that man or even yet tell him that he needed to no longer work there. Troy Aikman, years ago, when ESPN employee Skip Bayless told ESPN, I will no longer do any interviews with you as long as that man works here. And they got rid of him. And I really believe the Cowboy players should all stand up for Dak Prescott and tell Fox Sports, we're not coming on. We're not going to do any interviews with you. When you want to do your Sunday show and send your reporters here or Aaron Andrews wants to talk to somebody or Joe Buck and Troy want to talk to somebody, no, we're not doing it because you can't treat people like that. What, what Skip Bayless did, in my opinion, that was damaging, man. That's wrong. That's not how you treat people. And you're supposed to be an NFL partner, an NFL TV partner? How do you go after one of the biggest names in the sport in that kind of fashion? Because you want to make some TV ratings. I'm done. I said my piece, fellas. I'm done. I'm done.
3: Yeah,
2: I'm not
0: not giving yeah go ahead danny <laughs> go
2: ahead. No, it, it gets no time for me man that was garbage that's it uh yeah i, I, I don't even want to mention the guy so yeah okay. y'all, y'all can have it you know if we gonna keep talking about him he you know I, i'm done with it Nui, that was that was real powerful man i'm glad you said what you said and speaking from experience i i I think that was big and uh yeah i'll off, offer off of that guy
3: yeah, that, that, that guy has nothing to do with this. And like, like uh, Danny said, Nui, that was extremely well said. And you could tell it came from the heart and it came from passion, man. And, and you're right. I mean, there's no, there's no place in, uh, in the media for people who cut down people like that, especially in the, in the type of circumstances and situations that he was going through. It's just not called for at all. And it is garbage. So I'm glad you called it out the way you did. It was much needed.
0: You guys work and have been in, 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 the, in, in the locker rooms. It was your workplace. And you guys can speak to this firsthand. There are a lot of guys in there who, when we just look at them at the surface, they're, they're great athletes. But when you get to know them, you realize they have everyday problems like everyone else, and that what we think is perfect is not. And here's Dak Prescott and his brother, Tad, saying they thought everything was cool with Jace, their brother. And it wasn't. And I urge everyone, please make sure you tune in on Sunday night. If you're in Dallas-Fort Worth on Channel 5, and watch this interview that Graham Benzinger does. Because the pain, the tears, I mean, you see tears from these boys, man. T- they lost their brother. It- it- it's going to hit home. It's going to hit home for you. And I just came out of this with a whole lot of respect for Dak Prescott, that he sit up there and let everyone know, hey, man, I wasn't good. I wasn't good. But I went to see someone, and he plans on having a good season. He's out there working. I think he's going to make a difference. Um, you guys know I always, I always joke about Jason Gear, but I'm going to tell you a conversation that I had with Jason once uh, last year. And he spoke so highly about Dak Prescott in terms of him saying, if Dak didn't play football, if he was at IBM, I would tell him to hire him. I mean, his respect level for Dak Prescott as a human being, as a man, is off the charts. And you and I, you guys, you and I have been around that locker. We've seen a lot of people. This is one of the most impressive guys I've ever been around. And I'm just talking about football. I'm just talking about as a human being and as a man. And I just felt that what happened went out of bounds. And, and it didn't need to happen. There's a way we can all do this job properly. And there's a way we can do this job and all, you know, try to call things out. But, but on that instance, man, that's not, what, that's not what it needed to be about. This is a good guy. This is a good guy who uses his platforms in the right way. And I just hope that uh, as, as we get ready for Sunday, I, I hope that they have a, a good game. L- let's take a break right here. When we come back, let's dive into this contest, some of the matchups that we're looking for. There's one matchup in particular that I think for the, for the Cowboys defense, they better look out for this young man because if not, it could be a long day. Let's do that next on the Players' Lounge, uh, brought to you by Hotels.com.
1: Taste the difference. Back to the Players' Lounge.
0: Players' Lounge. Every day now during the football season, 2.30 p.m. Central Time. You can catch it, boys. Newey Scruggs, Danny McRae, Barry Church. We are live at our SWBC Mortgage Virtual Home Studio. So, Cowboys, Rams, Sunday on NBC Sunday Night Football Week number one, SoFi Stadium, brand new Taj Mahal, NFL Stadium is going to open up with no fans. OK, no fans. Let's dive into the top matchups. What are you looking at seeing? Church, I'm going to start with you first.
3: Uh, well, for me, my top matchup, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not your regular matchup. I don't, It's not player versus player. But what I'm interested okay. to see, what matchup I'm looking forward to seeing is Mike Nolan, the new DC for the Dallas Cowboys versus this Rams offense and Jared Goff and all they got out there now I know they lost a couple pieces in you know in Gurley and they lost cooks who can uh, pretty much take off the roof of your secondary but they do they do still have some good pieces in cup and they do have Robert Woods out there and the running back they drafted his, his name is escaping me right now but they drafted a running back high who Acres. they're pretty high on Acres, yeah, 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 from Florida State. Cam Akers from Florida State, who who can be a a nightmare matchup for our linebackers, but that's for another subject. Um, But Mike Nolan, I'm interested to see what type of multiple schemes like defenses he's going to bring into this fold. Now, I know the camp has been abbreviated, and so I'm not sure if he can put all his defense in there at once or all the moving pieces and moving parts that he wants to put in there at once. But I want to see how he'll attack Jared Goff and this offensive line. We know they struggled last season um, protecting Jared Goff. So I think they're going to this Dallas defense is going to try to attack them by bringing nickels, bringing corners, bringing their linebackers. And I feel like they're going to have a multiple look kind of just moving parts all over the place. So I'm interested to see how they attack this this Rams offense. But that'll be my matchup to look forward to uh, this Sunday coming up.
2: Uh, Yeah, Uh, honestly, I I have two. So quickly, uh, you know, I think our D line versus uh, the Rams uh, offensive line. I think that's going to be the huge matchup. If we can take advantage of them and create the pressure that we all expect uh, that we can create, I think it'll be a, a smooth game for us. Um, my other matchup, and not because I picked them to have eight or nine targets, is Jalen Ramsey versus uh, uh, Amari Cooper. And I, and I say that specifically because as a defensive coordinator, if you are able to eliminate one half of the field with one player, you can do so many other things on the other side. You can double the slide. Double, you can double two or three people uh, in, you know, in, in one play, right? So if Amari Cooper allows them to eliminate him with just Jalen Ramsey and they can just focus the rest of the defense on the other side of the field, it'll be a long day for our offense. So I'm really interested in seeing that matchup and seeing if uh, uh, Amari Cooper can keep the defensive co- uh, coordinator
0: honest all right i'm looking at tyler higby the tight end for the los angeles rams had a big game against the cowboys last year ended the season the last five weeks uh, on, on a run they finally figured out how to use this tight end and jared goff was going to him very much uh, so how do the cowboys cover tyler higby i want to see that i think that's a matchup piece that sean McVay is going to be able to utilize so i want to see how um the cowboys deal with that and on the flip side we've gone this whole show talking about this offense, talking about matchups, and nobody's mentioned Ezekiel Elliott. Mike McCarthy's Mm. never had a running back this good, okay? McCarthy's never had a running back this good. I want to know what's the pass-run ratio going to be. Yes, you can run out your three receivers and then also have Blake Jarwin there, but to me, Ezekiel Elliott can be as good as Marshall Falk was in his prime in terms of catching the football and running it, I don't think that the Cowboys threw the football enough to Ezekiel Elliott. When I look at what Alvin Kamara can do with the football, when I look at what Saquon Barkley can do with the football, Ezekiel Elliott can do those same things. Please go back and watch the tape at Ohio State. I was there at Jerry World for that national championship game when they took on Oregon, and that kid I mean, he was so powerful, ended up winning the MVP and Ohio State, won the first-ever college football playoff matchup. I want to see if Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy really unleash Zeke when it's through passing, uh, through running. I just think he could be the guy. Let's let Zeke eat in this football game. That, to me, is what I would say if I were talking to Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, and I think that if they do that, everything else they want to do can can really... um, Manifest itself from making sure that that is the guy. The other flip thing, and I kind of uh, want to go back on what you said here, Church, a little bit, is the run game. When the Rams were powerful, we talk about the offense and the passing, but it was all about Todd Gurling and them being able to run the football. If they can run the football against the Cowboys, then the Rams are going to be able to throw the ball down the field. Jared Goff is best in play-action passing, but if you can't run, he can't do it. And that's what happened when they came to Jerry World last year. Todd Gurling had like 20 yards. They couldn't run the football. So, the Rams can't run. The Cowboys have a uh, opportunity to win the game. Let's give a prediction for this contest right here. McCray, what you got?
2: Uh, I got 34-21, to 21, Cowboys. Uh, I think I think we come out, we start off early. Uh, we force the Rams to have to throw the ball to try to come back, and we get a lot of pressure, get a couple turnovers off golf because we know he'll throw them to you and, and some sacks from D-Law.
3: Ooh, that's a all big broken. Okay. okay, okay, all right. Uh, for me, I'm going to go 28-7. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. Um, I feel like um, Nui hit it right on the head. I feel like the Cowboys will get that run game going often, and uh, early and often. And I feel like that Rams defensive line just won't be able to hold up against it. I think they'll have their way in the run game, and that will lead to um, Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and Jarwin having their way in the pass <laughs> game. Uh, <laughs> Amari uh, Cooper might get you know a couple sprinkles here and there, but I think that run game will lead to the uh, opening up of the pass game, and I think eventually the the score will just get uh, greater and greater, and the Cowboys will end up taking this away from the Rams.
0: Twenty eight to seven?
3: <laughs> Did I hear that right? Twenty eight to seven. Yeah, the defense to 7. is gonna have a hell game. i am tell you that Rams offensive line is it's, it's not good. I'm telling you, it's not good.
0: All right, uh, Vegas has the Cowboys as a three-point favorite on the road. I've got it a lot closer. In fact, the way I'm calling this game right now is I think the fact that you've got a new defense that you're installing here. Um, I'm going to say the Rams start the game better than the Cowboys and have a lead and that the Cowboys end up winning it as Dak Prescott leads a comeback and Dallas wins 28-23. So that is my prediction for Sunday Night Football. Okay, a Cowboy you, think, you, think, uh,
3: you think golfing them are going to be able to put up a couple numbers?
0: Yes, I do. I do. Um, okay. All right. I, I, I think they'll be able to – well, I mean, also I kind of come back to – they know the system they're running, and I think that's going to be an advantage. I looked last night that is at Houston – and, and how Deshaun Watson was trying to, you know, deal with his targets a little bit. I mean, he didn't have D-hop. It was not the same offense that he, he'd been accustomed to. And I thought there were times where they struggled a little bit versus looking at Kansas City who was just, I mean, woo wee I mean, these guys were just mm. pumping it in there from from jumping. If it's not for a couple drop touchdown passes, um, the score might have been uh, more than it was. The 34-20 was the final there. So I, I'm just thinking it just may take a little bit. And as you talked about before, uh, Nolan didn't have the whole offseason. So I expect there to be a little bit of confusion here. And the Cowboys just getting used to Mike McCarthy. I said, expect it just to be a little bit. And I think that you know, in the second half, the Cowboys will find themselves and, and, and get their footing. But I think it may be a little bit tough. And also, it's a new stadium. And you guys have played in stadiums before I mean what is it like to go into a place you have never been before and to try and get yourself acclimated
3: uh, it, it, it's difficult um, there's one place that I've never got acclimated to playing and I played there about 10 times and I was Philadelphia I mean I'll, no matter how many times you go into that place I mean you'll never get acclimated to those fans so I mean maybe LA will bring that same type of hype I mean, all oh, they don't have fans that is true that is true it's, never mind That blew my a, whole point
2: yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's an empty stadium I think they'll be all right <laughs> Yeah, they'll be good. They'll be good. It's, 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 it's turf and screens. I think I think they'll be just fine.
0: Let's touch <laughs> on that, that that game last night, the Thursday night game between the the Chiefs and the Houston Texans. And Patrick Mahomes with three touchdown passes. Uh, boy, the kid from LSU was everything that we spoke about here yesterday. He looked good. Uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, twenty five carries, one hundred thirty eight yards, uh, uh, one touchdown. David Johnson, we talked about uh, David Johnson playing for Houston. He, I thought he performed well. 11 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown, and he had three uh, receptions for 32 yards. Because they were behind, they couldn't establish the run very much. But I saw some positives there for, uh, for, for, uh, for, for Kansas City that this team could be even more dangerous if they can run the football like this. Uh, your thoughts on last night's game, Church?
3: Uh, For me, it was, you know, definitely um, David Johnson performed better than I thought he would. Um, The trade was still was still just crazy to me. I mean, because as you can tell, Deshaun Watson, he needs that kind of security blanket when it comes to uh, passing the football. Uh, But the main thing I've seen from last night's game was the Houston Texans offensive line is downright garbage. I mean, I feel like every play. (laughs) Deshaun Watson was back there. He was running for his life. And, I mean, for them to put that much money invested into him, I know they're scratching their head like, man, how are we going to keep this kid healthy throughout the season? Because, I mean, Kansas City, sometimes they weren't even blitzing and they were getting after him. So they got to find some type of way to shore up that offensive line because that kid was running for his life all game last night.
2: Yeah, I I think that game went as expected. We we knew that the Texans didn't have uh, many weapons. Um, Church, I'm glad you didn't pick up Randall Cobb. Uh, we know, the, the two, the, 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 we know. Fuller, Fuller, Fuller us, usually gets some big yards, but the Texans always find a way to drop the ball, man. And uh, and you've seen that a few times last night. Even from David Johnson, he he was the shining light. But they're going to have a long season because Deshaun Watson cannot do it with the receivers that they have out there. It reminds me of the Patriots from the previous year, where you're like looking around, you're like, who's this guy throwing the ball to? Man,
3: Would shout I out to LSU see, though.
0: Huh? When I kept seeing I'm surprised when you ain't seeing... saying nothing about LSU. Oh, my no,
2: bad I told you Oh, my bad. <laughs> 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 the only, uh, the, yeah, I just want Newey to pass it back to me so we can talk about these these idiots and their booing uh during the unity Oh, phase. Oh
3: my goodness.
0: All right, go mm. ahead. Go ahead right there. Mm. But Be- before before the game was played. Um, Houston stayed in for the national anthem. Kansas City stayed out on the field. All the Kansas City Chiefs players stood for the anthem except for one player. And then uh, before they had kickoff, they all the players from Houston and Kansas City walked to the middle of the field. They locked arms in unity, and the Kansas City fans booed. McCray, take over.
2: Mm. I, I think I, I think it's nuts, but I, you know I'm, I'm not surprised, and, and it doesn't hurt my feelings because as as I watched all this stuff go on through the pandemic. And I saw, you know, people in the streets and, and the protesting. The reason that I, I was so, you know, I was so happy at the at, at what could possibly happen in the future is because I said, man, my generation and the generation after me and the generation after them will be the, will be the ones to make the change. When I look at them stands and, and, and the way I see it. That's the old generation. No, you know, you know, know, Nothing against you and your generation, Nui, but it's some people that, that, that are still living in the old times, and the new generation is going to be the one to, to come and change. And those people are out there protesting and starting companies and doing all this other stuff. So let those people sit in the stands, that old generation do what they want to. They will be the minority soon, and the majority will be against racism. So, boom. I'm, okay, I'm, 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 okay, I'm not that old. Okay? I'm not that old. I'm
0: not that old. That's not the demographic. I'm not that demographic, okay? But, <laughs> Whatever, please, listen, please, I man. Come what, on, man. whatever, whatever, Come on, man. whatever, gener, whatever generation is, be,
2: is, is before us, before millennial. Are you a millennial? Wow. Well, if no, you're not, I'm wow. counting everybody. Be, I'm, I'm, ca- I'm counting everybody before us to be, you know, getting phased. Out. You know, they stuck in those ways. And then you see, the, you know, the millennials and the Gen Z's and all that stuff. Now we're moving on. We're moving on and we're kind of is getting eliminated piece by piece. And those old people, they'll be stuck behind. Those 17,000, they'll be in the minority soon, and they'll be booing and, and looking like idiots while everybody else is you know, ch- trying to, trying to uh, correct social injustice and fight racism.
0: J.J. Watt said. He, wasn't, he said he wasn't sure what the booing was about. J.J., uh, let me tell you, it was booing them saying, we don't care about unity. Okay? That's what the booing was about. We don't care about it. We don't want to see it. And, and it was very clear. From the fans about how they felt when they booed and you're I I think sometimes when people think they're doing you know the right thing and they think that other people are going to see it that way they don't there's some folks out there who are not going to be convinced somebody once told me a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still there are a whole lot of people out there who think that there's nothing wrong at all and this is where the players have to keep hammering the message home yes there are things wrong. There are things that need to change. So, J.J. Watt, you got you got to you got to you got to got open your eyes a little bit there, baby. <laughs> got to open your eyes a little bit more because there's a whole bunch of people that don't want unity, even though the players came out there and said, you know, let's all stick together, let's uh, let's be a better America.
2: And, and listen, uh, let me say this: stop trying
0: to make these people happy. <laughs> I listen to them things Bingo.
2: like, yeah, we want Bingo. we wanted to do something, we want to sit here, we want to do something to not offend nobody, and I'm like, what? The, the people that you are offended are the people that not, they're not going to change their mind. That's the people that we fighting against. Stop trying to make the people happy. We don't care about that. Mm-hmm. Let them boo. Let, let them boo at the unity or, or, or whatever you're trying to show that's going to end racism and make everybody equal. Let them boo. Let them be mad. Let them people not like y'all. Let them not watch the game. Nobody care about that. They will be in the minority. <laughs> let, let's well, cater, let's cater nature. to the people that want change.
0: All right, so, so based on what we saw there, we'll see different um, teams come out um, on Sunday with different, you know, obviously different ways that they want to express themselves. Miami Dolphins already put a video out saying that they're not going to be involved. So what do you expect the Dallas Cowboys to do at SoFi Stadium, where there will be no fans, by the way, there will be no fans for this football game. So the national anthem is played, Barry Church. What are you expecting from these Cowboys?
3: Uh, From these Cowboys, I mean, we've we've heard a lot of talk the whole offseason about, you know, they want, you know, want change to be made. And we need to speak to Jerry about having change and being able to protest. So I expect going into SoFi Stadium, especially with that, without, with there being no fans, I expect there to be some sort of protest from the Dallas Cowboys, um, whether it be taking a knee or whether it be not coming out for the anthem or you know showing us uh, unity as like as the Chiefs and the uh, Texans did I expect something to happen um, there's been too much talk in the offseason for nothing to happen so we shall see but I expect the protest to happen you,
2: you know I, I I don't know what I expect I, I hope we don't go ahead and do nothing that's super crazy for marketing or something just to you know to be seen as the people who doing the, the doing the most and doing the biggest you know do the thing that's gonna make change like Colin Kaepernick took a knee for a reason and then now we're trying to like you know change it all to change the message and make all these other people happy and do this do what's gonna go go make the most difference and, and whatever that is, do it if that's taking the knee to, to show that that's that's where you stand that then do that like so i'm not sure what they're gonna do i don't think we'll see that many knees taken though because you know this is the cowboys and, and, and previously you know people were threatened to get you know not not put on the field because of this
0: Don Terry Poe uh, has already come out and said so during training camp that he planned to take a knee during the National Anthem. Ezekiel Elliott on record saying that he expects uh, some Cowboy players to lead demonstrations. And Dak Prescott said that uh, whatever guys did, they would do individually. Tyrone Crawford came out and said that the Cowboys are going to come out and do something powerful. So, I don't know what will happen here. but. I'll be ready for it, and, and we'll obviously have a discussion on Monday to talk about it, and obviously that night uh, on, on my Sunday show, I'll, I'll, I'll dive into it, and, and we can uh, touch on that aspect. Now, what about the fact that you're also having two national anthems played? Lift Every Voice and Sing, otherwise known as the Black National Anthem has been played first, followed by the National Anthem, so that's going to be very interesting. Are, is there any protest during the Black National Anthem and, versus the the... Star-Spangled Banner. You know, what happens there? The Miami Dolphins already said, look, we're not going to come out because we're not going to put ourselves in a position to have to make any choices at all. And they did not want to be a part of what they felt was the NFL's um, marketing of how they were trying to, to, to put this out there. So, uh, Church, what do you think about that?
3: I think, you know what, I think, you know, the more I think about it, the, the Miami way of doing things, I mean, it, it's, it sounds like it, it could work. I mean, it, it's basically them just saying, hey, look, we don't want to do anything with this, you know, NFL marketing, having this black national anthem in front of the, you know, the, the, the national anthem that um, everybody goes by. But uh, I think it could work. I mean, they they come up with their idea. They're they're unified in it. And it's showing that, you know, they're protesting this as a unified group. So I believe it could work.
2: Yeah, listen. I, I'm all with people staying in the locker room. I tell you this, in full transparency. I, I want people to show who they are. So if that's how you feel, come out and protest the Black National Anthem. Show us. I I, I, would, I would love to see it if that's the if that's the way you really feel about it. We you know people are protesting the, the you know the, the other national anthem. So if you feel that strongly about it, and that's how you feel about Black people and, and their national anthem, come out and protest it. Show us.
0: All right. Let's uh, let let's hit on a couple topics before we get out of here. Uh, number one. Alden Smith expectations, game one. McCray, go.
2: Uh, I, I I give him a sack, I, you know, because they're so secretive. I have no idea where he's going to play, how he's going to play. So, I, you know, that's kind of up in the air. So I, I see him getting a couple quarterback purses and maybe a sack just, just because I believe that we'll be up in the game and Jared Goff will
3: be trying to complete a lot of passes to come back. If the if the depth chart is, is correct and he's playing Sam linebacker out there um, <laughs> in the base coverages, <laughs> I can expect him to, to look kind of lost out there. But um, if he you know if he's off that edge like he usually is, man, I can I can see him um, I can see him having a sack or two out there maybe just just because of the Rams offensive line being so terrible. So I can see him walking out of the game with a sack or two.
0: And let's end it the way we began it, talking about the wide receiver position. So who has the bigger night? Amari mm. Cooper, Michael Gallup, or C. D. Lamb, Church. I'll start with you.
3: Big well, night. y'all know how you know, you know how I already feel what's going to happen with Cooper. No, you know, nothing against him. It's just you know I feel like Ramsey, you know, just gonna you know end up getting getting after him a little bit. So, um, the bigger night, I'm gonna have to go with the rookie. I think. Um, out of all the receivers, I think McVay is going to make the rookie, you know, prove himself out there and say, hey, yo you got to beat this one-on-one coverage before we put any attention on you." And I think that'll give him um, a boost up because I think he's an extremely gifted wide receiver. So I think he'll have the best night out of all three of them.
2: Listen, and, and, just, and just to spite both of y'all, I'm going with 19, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> all right, I'm going, I'm going with 19 because the Kool-Aid that New is drinking, I'm going to start sipping a little bit, and I'm going to say that McCarthy talked to Kellen. He said, we have to find a way to get Amari Cooper open and, and with the ball, just like the Saints do with Michael Thomas. They put him all over the field. And so when teams run his own, you'll see Michael Thomas in the slot. And he, he'll get away from Jalen Ramsey if he gets locked down like that. So I see that him getting a lot of opportunities, you know, to get open and, and, uh, and be the number one read. So I see him having a big night. It, albeit probably not against man coverage on Jalen Ramsey, I think they find a way to get him the ball and get him involved.
0: Okay, uh, I'm going Michael Gallup. As usual, there is disrespect here for number 13. Number 13 will have the best <laughs> night of the Cowboys wide receivers. Okay? and, and, and Just right there. and that, that, That's it. Um, I, and, by the way, I expect Ezekiel he, Elliott to have the best offensive night, period. I'm expecting two rushing touchdowns from Ezekiel Elliott, and I think he's going to get about uh, three or four um, receiving uh, balls in the air receiving and, and, and do his thing and, you know, pick up. Is Gallup on your fantasy? For. No, he is not.
2: Okay. Not this year. Okay. Right. I'm just checking. Just checking.
0: I, I had an opportunity <laughs> to take him and I didn't do it. And I regret that because I Ooh. should have, I should have done it because Gallup was a part of my fantasy football championship team last year, along with Dak Prescott. I was unfortunately did not get the band back together. <laughs> Let him walk in free agency. Ain't that something, man? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, know. I, 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 I was trying not to be too much of a homer, but I, I, I did. I did mess that up. I, I, uh, I, I went another way, and I regretted it. I regret it. I was like, ah, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. I should have just gone ahead and, and, and t- taken a guy that I, I believe will have a very good third season and have a breakout year. All right. Um, look, everybody, enjoy the game on NBC Sunday Night Football. Week one is finally here. We're drinking the Kool-Aid. We all say the Cowboys will win this uh, football game. And uh, make sure you uh, check out our bet. Because McCray says Cooper will have eight to nine targets at least in this football game, Church and I disagree because Ramsey is expected to travel against Cooper, so we're saying he'll have no more than five or six targets. So, tweet us during the game about it. I'm at Nuri Scruggs. That's N E W Y S C R U G G S N E W Y S C R U G G S on Twitter, fellas. Tell everybody what your uh, your Twitter handles and the social media handles are. Uh,
3: Instagram and Twitter. It's Barry Church at Barry Church 42. And Twitter at
2: Danny Danny D-Mac 44, Instagram Danny underscore McCray 40. All
0: right, that is our show. We appreciate everybody who tuned in this week. And thanks and big props to our man Chris Bean. Chris Bean makes this show happen. We can't do a thing without him. He doesn't get enough credit. He does all these great podcasts here uh, with the Cowboys. We appreciate you so much, Chris. All right, thanks for everybody for watching the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com right here on DallasCowboys.com radio.